Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. I'm not a crusty crab. Ah, greetings and salutations, members of the Hard Rock Lunchbox, the top 20 and above and beyond. It is a not-so-beautiful December 7th, 2023. Is it Pearl Harbor Day? That would explain a lot of today so far. Is it Pearl Harbor Day, December 7th? This day will live in infamy and that kind of stuff? <laughs> Reminds me, if you don't know the comedian Nate Bargatze, like, you are definitely sleeping. And if you are sleeping, then I am jealous. Also, what is happening right here on this hair? See, I'm still stuck again, because I hate wearing this hat. But, like, I mean, do you see what's going on now? Like, <laughs> I am in such... Hold on. Hold on. Impatience is crazy. I am in such a need of a haircut. I am just so not doing it. Like, it's just like, literally, it's the thing I'm just not doing. Like, I just, I just haven't done it. And I'm, I'm like almost ready to like flow be it just to get it done. But anyway, so, uh, Nate Bargazzi, uh, and, um, Pearl Harbor. Nate, Nate Bargazzi is just so funny, but he, he definitely plays into this dumb hick thing. And he's talking about like history and how he doesn't know. Uh, you know history really well and he says he can prove it because every time he watches like a history documentary is like he just he's like it's like he's learning it for the first time like he's like you know they were surprised at Pearl Harbor like nobody was more surprised than I was <laughs> it's just they could not recommend you some Nate more I uh, I love I've loved Nate Morgan. I actually just jump into some of his specials every now and then watch like five or ten minutes just to feel better about things and uh what is it, the old Hickory joke? Old, he's from Old Hickory, Tennessee. And the zip code is like 37138. And he's like, the reason I know that is because 37 plus 1 equals 38. <laughs> it's like the federal government came in and was like, we got to take it easy on these people. <laughs> Give them something easy to remember. Anyway, that's how I feel now. So Pearl Harbor Day would definitely explain my entire morning thus far. Uh, oh, look, it's uh, I think the, the chat is here. Uh, it's hot. It's Hanukkah today. I did not know that. Happy Hanukkah to those who celebrate uh, National Cotton Candy Day. Okay, International Civil Aviation Day and Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day. I am one for four, ladies and gentlemen. That is not. That is not bad. That's a two fifty. That and two fifty. Um, we could do some light housekeeping. Uh, I have honestly. I don't even know if I have it. I didn't even get a chance to look. But I think. <laughs> There's a new episode of the Top 20 out today. If there isn't, there will be one shortly after the show. Uh, it is Tony's Man Cage. And no, I don't have Man Cave wrong. I'm talking about Tony's Man Cage. If you want to know about Tony's Man Cage, I guess you'll just have to watch the Top 20, which is available only on um, Strangerhood TV. Uh, I talk about uh, I get getting lost, but I do have my scarf. I have since upgraded to a gator, a very fuzzy gator, by the way. Um... It is just so super warm, but it's like so synthetically fake warm that it's just like, eh. 
But when I need it, I need it. What I end up doing is I end up wearing it around my neck because I do want to protect my neck because as a singer, I mental believe, mentally believe I can protect my throat from the outside, which really all I can do is protect it from a throat punch. But like, I feel like that's going to happen on the road. It's going to happen on the road. So like, what are you going to do? Also, my beard looks weird. Why is that? The lighting in here is terrible. I should do something about it, except I'm the one that has to do something about it. So as we all know, nothing will get done about it. And that's okay. Because that's just... Now we're doing stuff these days. Uh, in other Stranger TV uh, news, uh, Don Brody uh, from Health uh, Podcast. I have no idea. Uh, I didn't get a chance to watch. I, I didn't even watch. I'm not even sure that I posted my own show. That's how far behind I am. The only thing I actually did watch this week is I watched uh, Waterberry's uh, What Would Waterbury Do? Uh, kind of the after. Um, he does his like kind of like thoughts and examinations, personal insights and stuff after he does a what would waterbury do i find them uh, as much as i enjoy the actual performances that he does because i think they're always interesting takes on stuff uh the actual personal part is always what's interesting to me it's why i like doing this show it's why i like discussions and drinks on jimmy and mike's show oh by the way discussions and drinks uh more recording updates uh jimmy is a less weathered johnny depp i'm gonna have to listen to that and mike is a ginger i might have to listen to that part too because <laughs> there might be something to uh, but yeah, <clears throat> man, I look awful. I know you guys can't see this yet, but you will be able to see this in a week. But I really do look terrible. I look like the week I've been having is basically. What it is. Yeah, I'm like a patchwork of like my natural hair color. I got I got gray coming in. Like the thing with gray, like it really, like my I have gray hair like in patches on my beard and then in temples on my hair but since I'm like more of a dirty blonde in the summer like I'm sure there's gray throughout it you just can't really see it so I have like my natural brown hair color and it's just speckled with gray and I really do feel like I could pinpoint each piece of stress that just makes those things gray speaking of stress I gotta tell you man I um so we have the show tomorrow night right we have Long Island Rock Unplugged uh we have not done one we have not one done. We have not done one live since February of 2020. I don't know what you know about math or the calendar year, uh, but that's a long time ago. I am incredibly unrehearsed, and I realized going into this week that I had not done the work to rehearse properly. And I actually, I am already starting to feel badly about it. Like badly in the sense that, like, I have a very forgiving audience. I think. And anybody that's going to show up to, to uh, Long Island Rock Unplugged is not looking for, is not looking to give me a hard time because I don't do a, do, do a good job. I think everybody is incredibly forgiving. Everybody is very happy to be there and part of it. Uh, so I'm trying to embrace that as much as possible. I'm just not going to be doing what I would consider up to my normal standards uh, unless something drastically changes in the next, I don't know, 36 hours, right? Actually, 30. No. That's probably about right. Yeah, just shy of 36 hours, I'll be taking the stage of nostalgia. And um, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not prepared. I've, I've been working on it. Um, I've been, I've been busy. I've been sick. Um, I've been just overly stressed and I just have not done a good job. And I realized that when I was doing these every other month, I was always kind of rehearsed on something. And I just, 
I just ha- I haven't been with uh, with a lot of the the changes that have been going on in my life, my my job and my band and stuff like that. I am not somebody that just picks up a guitar for fun and plays anymore. I'm trying everything I can do in uh, looking ahead to 2024 to change that. I've actually made a couple of changes that I think might help. Like I might my guitars are actually out my acoustics. I don't usually have them out because it's usually safer to leave them in a case. Um, but yeah, like I've had my Taylor out for weeks now, so I could just pick it up and play it, um, which I think is a huge start. I have my, my Jericho's out, my my PRS is out too. So like, if I ever feel like tra- feel like tracking anything, I can do that. But it's really been, I want to say like it's a wake up call, but it's not because I knew it. I knew it was happening, and I knew it was coming. I just, I guess I was just really caught off guard by how. Or, or maybe maybe that's not the right word. But I was taken aback by just how far from my own personal standards I've fallen as a musician and a performer. And it's it's there's so many factors, but the 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 reality of it is I'm just not doing it. And it's funny because I preach that all the time, um, and I've said for decades, like you know the reason that road band like when you see a band that's touring, right? Like and they're like, oh my god, they're so much better. There's, it's it's very often, in fact, mostly often, less about the fact that they're any better and more about the fact that they just are doing it a lot. Um, when we tour or when we mini weekend or whatever, uh, by the end of that and by, by the even kind of by the start of it because of rehearsals, like, we are so goddamn tight that we stand out from other bands because that is something that's a priority. And there's a lot to be said for when you aren't doing that. So I preach that all the time. That's why we rehearse the way we do. It's why we, re- we rehearse as consistently we, as we do. It's why when we have something to do, I get very irritated with my band very quickly when those uh, requirements aren't being met. Because I can also slack off when it doesn't matter, right? Like when it's not important, yeah, you want to blow this off, you got something to do. Like that's fine. Like I understand that people have their lives, but I also know that... It's not so much that it's important for the like the band to be there and to be like engaged, but it is the necessary step for something down the road to be good, like a show or something like that. And I say that like because we're we're heading into uh, basically pre-production for the next batch of songs, and I want everything to be perfect, and it can't because everyone needs time off for various things and it's frustrating for me but i'm trying to back off that but because i'm somebody that speaks to those things and and knows those things about me and about performance and even like with the soccer team like i tell them all the time like the reason we do so poorly in in a lot of the fall season is because we don't practice so uh and i've mentioned this before and i'm just going to go through it briefly so it makes some sense what happens is most of my players that play on the hurricanes also play on the whitman team or the hills east team or the hunting team and those practices, I don't know why this is, but it is the way that it is. Varsity soccer is every day, every school day, plus usually Saturdays. So these girls are burnt the F out. In fact, even last year, my my main striker was like, DJ, I just cannot play soccer seven days a week. And she was talking about play, even playing the game, the game on Sundays. So like we just didn't practice. We don't practice during the varsity year. And it shows. And the reason it shows is because that sort of familiarity with your team and with your sport and how things do with this, with this particular army is important. And 
be perfectly honest, as soon as we were able to start practicing again, the team played magnificently because it's all about that sort of familiarity. And what I realized is because I started just rehearsing like late and not in earnest for this show, I didn't have an unplugged two months ago that I could draw upon that muscle memory from. And, you know, or two months before that. And to be perfectly honest, like, that is really lame of me. And I'm ashamed. I'm embarrassed. And I'm just trying to, like, really study for the final in the last couple of days before the test tomorrow. And then I'm really up against other problems, like the fact that, like, my hand doesn't work anymore. My hand doesn't work properly anymore. Like, I've damaged the nerves in my neck so badly that my index finger on my left hand doesn't function properly anymore. Uh, I'm still working on that, and hopefully within the next year or two, I'll be able to regain that mobility and functionality, but I don't have it right now. And so that's making things difficult, too. On top of that, we've been working in the band on just all of this new material, so I haven't been working on all the old material, and I can't really roll into an Unplugged show doing all new material that nobody knows because that's a hella fun show. So I'm trying to, like, relearn my old versions for these old songs, and I just... Plus, I had a cover I wanted to do. I had it in my head that I was going to do this cover, and I just knew it, and I knew it, and I knew it, and I knew it, and I went to play it, and I can't do it. I can't find a key where it works in, and I, co- I completely messed up something that could have easily been addressed and, and corrected for a month ago if I had just put in the time to do it. And I'm just realizing just like how much, like, I'm not self-sabotaging, but I am the one sabotaging basically everything that I'm trying to do because... My existence has gotten so overly complicated that I can't function in it anymore. And I don't, I don't even know what it is. Like, I have these conversations all the time. Like, I have still have weekly therapy sessions where I'm basically trying to figure out, like, what's wrong with me. Like, it's been, like, ten years, man. Like, at some point, like, I really need to do get a grip on exactly what's wrong with me. But, like, I don't have it all the time. I don't have all those answers. And I'm suffering and I am struggling incredibly hard under the weight of all the situations that are going on and I can't even figure out if it's just me that I'm not capable of doing these things anymore if I'm just simply moving too slow I know I've been having like additional sleep problems lately that have been really throwing me for a loop I was realizing er earlier this week that my frontal cortex isn't actually functioning properly because I'm not able to pull together words that I'm looking for I'm not being able to handle like logic sentences sometimes because I lose the train of thought in the middle and that's sleep deprivation like that's what that cause. That's what causes it. That's why when you're so tired and people, are, you know, are talking, you're like, "What?" Like, that's what that is. And I'm suffering from that. And like, I shouldn't be. I'm just simply not functioning properly. And it's like, I come on this show and I complain about it for a half hour. <laughs> oh man! If you haven't had a chance speaking of comedians if you haven't had a chance to watch the new uh, Sarah Silverman special newish it's from like March um, she she says the funniest thing about fetuses and I actually just remembered it within the past half hour and she's talking about um, uh, anti-choice rallies and anti-choice people and she actually says something along the lines of something that I've said forever, which is like, you know, if you're anti-choice and you truly believe in all those things, like, yeah, you really should fight for what you believe in. I wholeheartedly believe in that. Like, I really do. 
if you if something matters to you that much and you truly believe that like it is it is you know murder or whatever then like yes yeah, speak your mind and you might reach people that are just kind of on the fence or whatever and that and that's fine but she talks about how disingenuous it is um, to go to these protests and these rallies because a fetus really is and she does this I'm not doing the I'm ripping the joke off incredibly and that's fine because so Sarah if you're listening any complaints just file with my lawyer over at Monty at cravingstrange.net but a fetus is about this big and she's like you know but like you know it can't be like well this is murder like because yeah I mean and you know she's <laughs> she talks I'm not even going to do the whole joke, but but the one part that was really funny, she's like, the disingenuous part is that you show up at these rallies and they have these huge signs of fetuses. And she's, and she says, you know, fetuses just aren't that huge. Like, and she says, and she says, what's funny about it is that if fetuses actually were that huge, most of those people at those rallies would hunt them. <laughs> and I almost passed out laughing because it's not even funny as much as it is completely true like if a fetus was that big like <laughs> it's like I was listening to uh, Two Bears One Cave uh, it's the Tom Segura and Burt Kreischer uh, podcast yesterday and Burt was talking about this joke that Colin Quinn had told that Colin Quinn doesn't even remember telling and I literally had to stop in my tracks and just like hold my chest because I was laughing so hard it was there were Colin was talking about like how people like are always like trying to save the environment. And he's like, look, you know, this room, like you know, polar bears, polar bears, like save, save the polar bears. And he's like, you guys are so full of shit. He's like, if a polar bear walked in here right now, you'd all be throwing your chairs at it. <laughs> like, <can I? laughs> and there really is something to be said about comedy that isn't just funny. <laughs> that also happens to be completely true. Like that is because right, like. Think about where you are right now. Like, wherever you are, just stop for a second. Think about, like, you look over your left shoulder, and there's a polar bear right there. Like, what are you thinking? Is it save the polar bears, or, like, I'm going to throw my chair at this polar bear? I know for me. (laughs) Uh, I know know for me that uh, I would would not. If it's about consent... (laughs) I would. I would. So anyway, that's my little story about going into Long Island Rock Unplugged. I am hella nervous. I'm embarrassed. I'm ashamed of myself. I'm going to rehearse as soon as I'm done with the show, although I did uh, mess up at work pretty badly today, so now I'm going to have to do that instead and then rehearse after that. Try and run it a couple times. I'm going to actually rehearse tonight at rehearsal. Uh, I'm just going to at least run the song so I'm a little bit more familiar, and then, of course, I'll probably be just doing it all day tomorrow, which will be easy because I'm sure with the anxiety and stress of it all, I won't sleep a wink tonight. And then with any luck, I can just kind of cruise into Christmas and New Year's and just not worry about it. But uh, it's not Christmas today. It's Hanukkah. And uh, so, like I said before, like, happy Hanukkah to everybody that celebrates. I do remember, I do remember when I found out, like, in early adulthood that Hanukkah is not the same level as Christmas, right? Like, of, of the holidays. And I remember being blown away by that. Because, like, first of all, not only did we not, you know, deal with stuff like, you know, Denali and and uh, what's the festival, the other festival of lights and the Quans and stuff like that. that. That didn't exist when I was growing up. Like, nobody was talking about any of those things. 
but but it was like Christmas and Hanukkah. Like, is in the Northeast, like you know, Hanukkah is a big thing. I realize that in the middle of the country, like. There's only the the few Jewish people that you know. They're probably like your accountant. I mean, not that you make enough money to be an accountant if you live in the middle of the country, but you know what I mean. Um, everybody needs a lawyer, I'm sure. Um, so uh, I don't know. It's incredibly racist and stereotypical. I'm, this this show is just is just a joke. The whole the whole thing, the whole show is a joke, including its host. So I hope everybody gets that. That's fine. But. Uh, I just remember, like, oh, like you, you just equate them because that's what it was. But it was really like Yom Kippur, right? Like, is and Rosh Hashanah, aren't they? They're like the high hole. I don't even know why I'm speaking on this. Could, like, the, the shit that I speak on that I'm barely an authority on should be enough. And now I'm just, like, branching out into, like, things I think I overheard once at a bar. Like, you know, so, but I remember finding out that it's like, those are actually the big holidays and stuff. Like, the Day of Atonement. I think that's Yom Kippur. Like, that's a big one. That sounds like a big one. And Hanukkah is basically, like... Like, you know, we were only supposed to get, like, one day of oil, and we were able to... Like, anybody that's ever driven on a tank that says E, like, empty, and, like, out of gas and stuff like that, that's basically Hanukkah, as far as I can tell. So. But happy uh, Hanukkah for everybody that celebrates it. I hope it's as important as you intended it to be, and I hope it goes well for everybody. So, um, that's really... That's, that's really... That's all I got to say about Hanukkah. So, um, I want to... Just take a quick second, just a very quick second, before we get started on the rest of the show. I want to take one last opportunity to point out how stupid and moronic and loserish the Republican Party of Nassau County and Northern Queens are, and congratulate them on their only sixth time in history expelled member of Congress. George Santos, he has left the building mainly because they changed the locks on him immediately after the vote, which I thought was absolutely hysterical. Uh, But I do want to actually say, just for the record, I happen to think it was the wrong thing to do. I think it sets a dangerous, dangerous precedent kicking somebody out of Congress just because allegations have been made. Yeah, did he do this stuff? Of course he did. Did he go to court for it yet? Was he convicted of anything? wasn't. I think what they really should have done is expedited his court case so he could have been convicted. Now, I will say he did get kicked out of Congress mainly based on the Ethics Commission uh, and, the, and the Ethics Ethics Commission report, which was remarkably damning, even for that. But, like, Santos on his way out raised a good point because he, he uh, you know, illustrates that there are several members of Congress that do illegal shit. Plenty of them were under, you know, corruption charges. Lots of them had ethics violations. Uh, During the Trump administration, there were five cabinet members, five cabinet members that were referred to the Justice Department for illegality and, you know, possible prosecution. That's ridiculous. So Santos is not the only one doing, like, scummy things. He was just so flamboyant about it, and honestly, just such an asshole about the whole thing, that he just... He just kept it going. He just, they they would not leave him alone. And he just kept doing stupid stuff and ridiculous stuff. I mean, like, dude, who lies about being on a varsity volleyball team? Like, what? I mean, you ever check the, you know, the pedigree of the other politicians? No, of course not. Like, why would you? Like, 
I mean, I understand that politicians lie to us all the time because they want to say anything and get elected. And this is really just a strong example of it. But, like, a lot of times it's rooted. Because they say, like, when you lie, like, this is what they always tell you, like, on Law & Order, which is the better Law & Order. I don't know if Annie's listening, but SVU will always sit second, and we can argue that, and you can be wrong all you want. Because I support your... I support. I, me and the Hard Rock Lunchbox support a woman's right to be wrong. And I think that that's really what's important. But they'll tell you that liars that base stuff like kind of in reality will have like a better shot at it. Which is why the other people in, in Congress are, are still in Congress. But George Santos is gone. It's now going to cost New York State money to run these elections. I think the Republican Party should have to pay for it. Especially the Republicans in Nassau County. And uh, there are a few that I'm speaking to directly. And they don't listen to this show, which is why I'm so comfortable to have these brass balls saying all this stuff. But, like, I just like that it highlights just how bad you are at doing your job of, pol- of picking somebody to represent you. Or, as I've said a thousand times, what an excellent job you did picking somebody to represent you. Somebody that cheats, lies, and steals and says anything to get elected. And if that doesn't say anything, everything you need to know about Nassau County Republicans, then I don't know what to tell you. And to be fair, like, there's plenty of Suffolk County Republicans, and, like, we're going to see how they do right now, be, or not right now, in a month, because then when they take over, Suffolk County is going to be run basically by Republicans. So we'll see what happens. I hope they do a good job. And I am not somebody that picks a team and is like, I don't want the other team to win. What I want is I want me. I want me to do better. I want the people that I care about to do better. I want us to be safer, and I want us to have good services. I want to know why we're paying $75 million every year, it seems like, in property taxes and getting absolutely nothing for it. That kind of stuff. So I hope the Republicans do a good job. I hope anybody does a good job. I was ready to vote for the two aliens from The Simpsons, but they just didn't want to run in such a contentious climate. Honestly, who could blame them? But look, it's 1228 according to my one, two, three clocks. Looks like a lot of stuff is going on in the chat, so I'm going to have to catch up there. I think for me, honestly, we should just kick this uh, song, kick this show off on a high note. And even though I was all ready to depressy-weshy everybody into existence, I think we're just going to go with something a little bit more upbeat, because why not? So take it away, and take back Sunday. And that segue could be better. Hard Rock Lunch Box so I was going through my release radar, as I often do, uh, this time of the uh, week, uh, yesterday, yesterday. And it's just always so nice when a band that's like, I don't even know how to describe this. So I like this band. I like the band North Lane a lot. Um, but like, they're not, they're not like my favorite my favorite they're not one of my favorite bands because they just aren't they're like a newer band that i really like so like they're kind of like in my radar like, i put them in that same sort of batch as like thornhill like like every third song i was like yeah man yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah we're getting it we're getting there and uh this this was their third song the song's called dante and it's from north lane and it's out this week dude i i was so happy to like just listen to this song like just before i was like this song like I don't I don't have a, I don't have a single clue what the dude is saying and I haven't gotten through the lyrics yet but there's just something about the emotion of it and that's a lot of times what carries for me in a song so I don't know I'll shut up I think uh, I think maybe you'll like it it's Dante on the box hard rock lunch box 
It's so nice that Blink-182 is back together and doing what they're doing. Um, but, man, some of the stuff that they've already done is just really so good. Uh, I wanted to talk just briefly about Brown Jesus for a second because the, the funny thing that is, like, about kind of like religion and, and how people, like, blindly sort of follow some things uh, that they take them as fact and not as, like, story or metaphor or allegory or whatever. Um I don't remember if I was talking about this in the show. If if I if I did already, then forgive me. This is part of that frontal cortex stuff that I keep having so much trouble with. Um, but they just did a study recently. They were they were studying they were studying evangelicals specifically uh, in 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 reference to how they process and I'm air quoting truths or how they receive truths and uh, I think it was in in deference to Trump supporters like how so many people will just so many evangelicals and people in general but evangelicals specifically for this study will will believe things that uh, Trump and his allies say even though there's factual video knowable evidence to the contrary I'm not talking about like theoretical stuff, like whether or not like he caused an insurrection. Like that's a matter of law. But like when he actively does stuff and then says he doesn't, like you you have video of him doing stuff, and he or him saying stuff, and then he's like, no, I didn't say that, and then people are like, no, he didn't say that. And what they found is like under you know CAT scans and MRIs and whatever else they were using, whatever tools they were using to measure the brain. Um. They found that significantly less of the brain um, is involved in just accepting something as so accepting something on, it, on on its face as true, which kind of makes sense, right? If you think about it, people tell you something like, "Oh yeah, this is true." Okay, that's true. Because when you want to critically or critique something, when you want to critically think about something and think about whether or not that's true or not. It engages other parts of your brain, right? It's not, oh, okay, it's raining outside. Okay, that's true. Uh, it's raining outside. Is it? Let me look. Because yeah, it was sunny before. You know what I mean? Like, that. what I just did right there requires so much more, so much more energy in your brain. <clears throat> and even when you get into, like, ideas of, like, conjecture and, like, theory and, like, you know, and ideology and stuff like that, you know, when people are like, you know, we shouldn't be in Ukraine so it's not our war. It's like, okay, well, yeah. Yes, that's true. You're right. Um, but there are, you know, reasons. <laughs> there are other reasons that aren't that simple uh, in terms of, like, geopolitics, not to mention history, like World War One and Two, uh, how, like, that level of aggression has been the precursor to other bad stuff. As seen in the simple fact that people keep missing the fact that Russia invaded Crimea, and we kind of, like, the whole world let that go. Like, Crimea is a part of Ukraine. Right? In fact, most maps still show it as part of Ukraine. Russia invaded and took it over during the Obama presidency. That's how long ago that was. And what, what did we all do? We're like, all right, appeasement. Because appeasement works so well for Czechoslovakia against, his, against Hitler. If you don't know what appeasement is in the appeasement doctrine, look up Chamberlain, <laughs> Prime Minister Chamberlain, and then you will quickly see followed up by Prime Minister Winston Churchill. Um, but yeah. Russia took over Crimea, and we were like, okay, all right, okay. And then he went into Ukraine. <laughs> like, 
Appeasement just doesn't work with somebody that's like power mad and power hungry and all that other stuff. So there's other things involved in that. Like I've had I had this conversation with my chiropractor of all people. Like we shouldn't be spending money on Ukraine. That's like okay. But if we don't, then Europe, which is our major ally in the world for democracies, is going to be at risk of falling to this very predatory kind of uh, monster that is basically what Putin is doing. And I had to remind him the simple fact that we also have a treaty, the NATO, you know, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, that once they get through Ukraine, if the next step is to attack a non-pro-Russian, like Belarus is in the NATO, but Belarus is in Russia's pocket, as is Moldova and stuff like that. Um, but so if the next move is like incursions in Poland, if they attack Poland, we have to go to war. We have to declare war on the Soviet, uh, excuse me. Wow. That was a throwback on Russia. Right. So I know that because I have learned and I study and I'm interested in things, but so making a statement that's simple, we shouldn't be in Ukraine. Okay. Yep. That makes sense. And just accepting it as gospel and truth is way easier than being like, well, actually, you know, if you look back in World War One, when we see what I'm saying. So what they found is that uh, these evangelic- evangelicals uh, tend to be uh, more ready to do that, to just accept things as truth and use less of their brain. And I'm not saying they're not using their full brain. I'm talking about in this particular case, they're more inclined to use less of their brain. And they kind of extrapolated out and slammed religion, as far as I can tell, because they were like, after saying all that, and that's why when their children, (laughs) then they're taught that all these things happen in the Bible are truth. That's why people just believe stuff as truth, because if you're going to believe that Noah actually rescued two of every animal and didn't even bother to get the dinosaurs. If you're going to believe that to be absolutely true, then anything and everything that like Trump or other politicians, but Trump specifically lies about, is really like way easier to believe. You know what I mean? Like, I mean. Obviously, we got kicked out of the Garden of Eden because Eve was hungry and wanted the apple she was told she couldn't. I know that. I know that to be true because I was there. But all these other stories, like Sarah turning into the pillar of salt for looking back on Sodom and Gomorrah, I mean, like, these are stories. They're like almost like Aesop's fables, right? Like, yeah, did a boy cry wolf? Probably. It did one boy cry wolf exactly like that? Probably not. They're things you're supposed to learn from. But all these people that believe these things are like, nope, that's true. And they're the same people that are like, you know, I, I don't believe Trump did that. Okay. Well, in your expert analysis of the situation, like, you're not using the rest of your brain, brain that allows you to be critically thinking of something, stuff like that. And I feel like it was interesting that this study proved it. And the reason that ties into Brown Jesus is because all of these people for their entire life have been taught and showed and propagandized pictures of white Jesus. There is no chance. There is no chance. And I believe that Jesus existed. I'm on the fence about whether or not it was the Son of God. I think he was just some really, really smart guy that kind of came around and, like, changed the way we thought of stuff, like Freud or Nietzsche or, you know, Che Guevara or Thomas Jefferson or, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's completely possible. Taylor Swift, right? Maybe Jesus was just Taylor Swift. 
Taylor Swift, by the way, just became a billionaire, and I just like I gotta say, good job, Taylor. Like that's awesome. Just, just stay like a good person. Try and stay grounded. Stay, uh, keep doing all the good things. I keep hearing about you and your entourage and all that other stuff. Like I hope that continues. Like that's awesome. So we need more billionaires that are actually decent people. In fact, we need one, and I'm hoping that we just got it. But yeah, that white Jesus. They all believe it's a white Jesus. There is no way that a Middle Eastern man of Jewish descent in the year zero or whatever was white. Not a chance. Unless he was an albino, and then that's a whole other thing. But he has brown hair in most of the pictures that I see. Brown flowing hair. He don't even have like those Jewish curls or anything like that that I would fully expect. But these people believe it without question. So if you throw up a brown Jesus or God help you, a black Santa, there is no chance. Now Santa, Santa's from northern Germany and the North Pole. Was he white? Of course he was white. That one I can understand. I hope I'm not offending anybody. I think I think we all know that black Santa is a myth as much as white Jesus is. And that's basically all I'm here to tell you. I'm also here to tell you this. The other day, uh, Jimmy texted me uh, late at night. I think it was like after rehearsal uh, last week at some point. And he said, all I get is the text and a link. And it says, have you heard this? And uh, he sends me this link to a brand, or not even a brand new, like new for us, Billy Idol song. And I hadn't. And I love that. And I love that he knew to send it to me because he knew I was going to dig it and knew I was going to totally get it. And I did. And I grabbed it for the box because I don't think anybody else knew that Billy Idol had a new record out come out like this year or last year or whenever it was. Like, like it is... I don't know. If you don't like Billy Idol, like, go do something else for the next three minutes. But this is just, it's just so awesome to hear. It's called Cage. I dig it. And it's on the box. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Now, if you're anything like me, you're going to ask yourself, what the hell was DJ thinking? And in fact, that would probably be a good segment for this. What the hell was DJ thinking this week consists of a song that I honestly never, ever, ever thought I would be playing. I didn't even realize how it got on my goddamn radar until I saw that Spirit Box was involved in it. And just as I said last week, I'm listening to a ton of Spirit Box later because lately because I really enjoy the band like a lot. They kind of came out of nowhere for me. So uh, they are high on my on my personal radar, but also they're dragging other things onto my release radar. So I had really no expectations that I would ever be saying the following, but yet here we are. Next up on the box, it's Megan the Stallion. Yeah, I know. Featuring Spirit Box, because why not? Hard Rock Lunch Box. Trolling through my release radar this week, I found a band called, I want to say, Weightless, and I'm hoping it's featuring Jack Bergen, but it wasn't labeled properly, so I'm not entirely sure. I've never heard the band before, but, like, I was digging it. I mean, I'm not sure that this is a what would Q do sort of situation, but, you know, it might be. So it's called Bloodsucker. Box. Hard Rock Lunch Box. I am very excited to tomorrow night... 
Uh, we're going to have Andy Sexton kind of back into the fold of the Long Island Rock Unplugged scene. I have known Andy for a very, very long time. I consider him a good friend. I, feel, I consider him a good colleague, um, and, and he was just a wonderful partner for not like that. But what if it was? Mind your business. Um, just a wonderful partner in a lot of the stuff we were doing in the scene for a while there when things were things were the way they were or whatever. Uh, but I've, I've liked Andy a long time. It was... <laughs> He sent me he, he sent me a song that he was working on, and that's you know we do that we'll trade music from time to time. But he sent me a song he was working on, and I listened to it, and uh, I just I said back to him I was like I really like everything about it, but I really think that the, it needs to do something in this particular part of the song. And I get back immediately in all capital letters like same, <laughs> and he was mad at himself for not listening to it enough to know that that's exactly what the song needed, and was just. It was just a very funny thing. Like it was like the realization. Like I knew that. Like I just didn't. I just didn't know that. It was funny to like. We have those interactions as songwriters, and I and I appreciate that. And I'm really happy that he is uh, back into performing again. Um, you know, as somebody that's looking upon like his long I long hiatus as something that's probably somewhat desirable. I just um, it's nice to see that, that like he can like there's still a return for him and I kind of just hope that maybe like if I can take that kind of hiatus that there'll be that sort of return for me I mean I don't I can't obviously guarantee because I'm the one facilitating it but like I just I'm I'm happy that that's the case and I'm I'm happy he's going to get the opportunity to perform for all of you tomorrow night because I think it's just going to be fantastic for him fantastic for you and that makes things like kind of fantastic across the board he's got a lot of songs that I really like from over the years to it was difficult to kind of choose from but I decided to go with this one it's Fiend Like Me on the box.
Production. Super pretty song, right? By Citizen Soldier. That really <laughs> like, takes me aback a little bit. That one. It's a little hard to, uh, to breathe through that one. It's a good song. I like it. I like that band a lot. Uh, another band I like a lot isn't really a band at all. And uh, it's just one dude. And it happens to be one like one of my best friends. Uh, my buddy Mikey does uh, a side project called Me, My Own Self. Um, pretty conceited kind of title, if you ask me. Honestly, I just... I can't. I'm totally kidding. Totally kidding. He's going to be performing with AJ tomorrow night at uh, Long Island Rock Unplugged. I have no idea if he'll be covering any of the classics of me, my own self. So I'm not taking any chances, and I'm just throwing up this gem right now on the box. named Mike that's playing tomorrow night. He likes to play with the mistakes of which he is, as far as I can tell, 
the only mistake, unless his drum machine is a mistake. But you might know him better as the other guitar player from All New Episode, which is, of course, how I first met him and how I referred to him often as Not Sean. But he's definitely going to be his own Mike at Mike and the Mistakes at the Long Island Rock Unplugged. But I'll give you a little taste of what he can do with his band.
work on your executive speak. I'm worried about blank. Don't you worry about blank. Let me worry about blank. Good. I also would have accepted hard rock lunch box. You're not looking at the big picture. She was born with a golden heart. So my girl's a precious smile. Can't believe he ever saw that. Turned his soul as a work of art. Different man, a different life. Didn't think he could ever fall to the time. I promise not to break rules in time. Never lost, only led astray. Daddy's no secret that I'm a huge Alkaline Trio fan and probably should not be a secret that I was very happy that uh, Tom came back to Blink-182 so that uh, Matt Skiba could go back to Alkaline Trio. And that is just such a warming part, 
such a warming thing for my heart because they are keep putting out brand new music and thank God for Alkaline Trio. Hard Rock Lunch Box. I think it really was only one time that my boy Jimmy G did not do a, a Long Island Rock Unplugged with me. He was away filming a movie because he was becoming a movie star because he's just that kind of asshole. And I feel like he would acknowledge that too if I said it. You know, or maybe not. I don't know. He was out being, he was out being Hollywood Garavac and I had a cover for him. And I remember thinking, like, what a great idea it would be for me to just go on and play heroin because that's a song that he always used to close with, uh, which just basically lays out the entire audience because it's such a sad song. It's visibly shaking him to sing, and uh, it's just, you know, it's been problematic. I've had that. It's 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 a problematic thing because it's like a hangnail. Like you keep wanting to pull at it, but it's still still hangnail, so it kind of hurts a little bit. But it's still like the the attachment that you have to it is just it's it's a beautiful song and it's wonderful to watch him perform it. So when I decided I would give it a shot, uh, it, it definitely wrecked me a little bit inside to sing it because it's a very difficult song, uh, and I've had so many of those experiences uh, singing other people's songs and even sometimes some of my own. And I'm, not super confident in my ability to hold everything together all the time when I'm on stage because it's so emotionally driven and so emotionally fueled. Uh, actually, as I was just saying to Waterbury, like, I don't know that I would even bother doing music if it wasn't emotionally driving for me. It's honestly just too painful most of the time to do it. Like, it just, it just is. So I get it. But maybe we'll all luck out. Maybe he'll forget how to play heroin and maybe he'll just play this one instead. On my side, I can see everything. Trying to empty out this head of mine, it's filled with too many things. And you sit there, searching the ceiling. I'm over here. Slow down, show me some fear. 
Yeah, maybe he'll just do one of those happy bangers like that one instead <laughs> and spare us the trouble that is heroin. Yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> the shot. Listen, we're at the end of this stupid show. I know I can't believe it either, but I want to thank you all for once again spending some of your Thursday and some of your very precious time uh, with everybody here at the Hard Rock Lunchbox and me specifically. I very much appreciate you for your time and your efforts. Uh, and for giving me the outlet for saying what I want to say, playing what I want to play. Wait, saying what I want to say, playing what I want to play, getting what I want to gay. <laughs> we could eat some hay, make things out of clay. I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm going to go step out, but I hope to see as many people as possible tomorrow night at the Long Island Rock Unplugged. It's going to be at Nostalgia in Beth Page. We've never done it there. I've only been in the place a couple of times. I've never played it. I've heard mixed things. Please be patient with us. I am just looking for a way to do the show there and to, 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 to make it happen as well as possible. I heard last time one of the bathrooms wasn't working. Hopefully they got that fixed. I heard many times the service isn't great. Let's hope that that's a little bit better. Uh, but uh, just remember, it's effectively our sandbox Christmas party or you know Hanukkah party or Diwali party or... Kwanzaa party or whatever party it is that you want to be. Celebrate Black Jesus for all I care. That's what we're going to be doing tomorrow night and doing it with people that we all care about uh, and that matter to us and that get us through uh, from point A to point B every single year, it would seem. 2024, I hope to God, will be a brighter year. I'm going to do what I can to make that the case, but now it's time to rest, time to relax and play a little music and have some fun. So that's what I'm hoping for tomorrow night. I hope as many of you as possible can make it. Uh, music starts, I think, around 7.30. It goes until around 12.30. It's a longer unplug than normal because it's Saturday night or Friday night, and we have the time to do it. I'll be closing, so uh, feel free if you have to leave early. By all means, I, my feelings cannot possibly be hurt anymore at this advanced stage of my career. So I totally understand. Just do me a favor and have yourself a good time. And uh, to all the artists, uh, and just in advance, thank you for playing the show, and I will tell you that again tomorrow. And like I said, I hope I'll just see as many of you as possible tomorrow, and then we'll just do what we always do. But it is the first show of December, and I haven't played any Rebel 9 yet, so I'm going to give you a little something, help you on your way. Let's all stay festivus, shall we? And I'll see you tomorrow night, or I'll see you next week on the box. Christmas, which you love you to me A partridge in a pear tree No second day of Christmas, which you love you to me Two 
six.